0: Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. Welcome to this special edition of Meet the Manufacturers. On this episode I have the great pleasure of speaking with our podcast sponsors Cone Resnick and I'm joined by Christine Williamson a partner at Cone Resnick and the co-leader of the government contracting industry practice. I am also joined by Kristin Moreira the CFO of Bead Industries and Maguire Manufacturing. Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers ladies. Hi Claire. Hi welcome. Claire, thank you for having us. You are so welcome. Welcome along. So Very excited to be talking to you guys today. But before we dive into the gauge report and all that sort of good stuff, let's talk about you guys. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourselves and how you kind of got to this point in your career, if you don't mind.
1: I'm Kristen Marrera. And as Claire mentioned, I'm the CFO of Bead Industries. Bead is a Connecticut based manufacturing company and also a member of Manufacture CT. I'm also the co chair of the Finance Committee of Manufacture CT. And how I got to this point in my career, I graduated school um, in, with a degree in accounting and started out in, in Ernst & Young um, as an auditor. And then I actually worked at Cone Resnick for many years as an auditor there as well. And Bede was one of my clients. They poached me, but I still work very closely with Cone Resnick. Um, they continue to be Bede's audit and tax firm to this day.
0: Fantastic. And what about you, Christine? How did you get to the lofty heights of being the partner? And also the very grand title of co-leader of government contracting and industry practice.
2: Well, I have a a lot of great people that I work with here at Con Resnick, and it's great to be here with you, Claire. I am Christine Williamson, and I, I live on the East Coast in Virginia, but I handle all sorts of clients all across the United States. Most of them do government contracting, so they're in all various different types of industries, whether it be manufacturing, or software, professional services, engineering. And I just worked my way up. My firm, I was with a smaller accounting firm that got merged in with Con Resnick about seven years ago, uh, but nothing really changed. And so just been in public accounting all my life. I actually did go and work for uh a large aerospace company for a couple of years left the firm and then came back but i'm glad to be here with you
0: amazing the cone resnick umbilical cord pulled you back to the fold so to speak (laughs) okay so come on then ladies tell me what is the gauge report
2: so i'll start with that claire the gauge report is an annual report that is created by a from a survey and the, the survey occurs from January through May of each year. And we usually get, you know, anywhere from 1200 to 1600 respondents. And they ask all sorts of questions in relation to business performance, business development, technology, accounting, and finance. And so that, that survey um, then gets modified into a report um, each year. And we help companies use it to benchmark themselves against other companies. And how do you choose who's going to receive the survey? Well, I don't. Uh, you know, we send it out to thousands and thousands of people. We get other companies to send it out, organizations like Manufacture CT, uh you know, any type of, of organizations that have members. And we try to get as many respondents as, as we can each year. And it could be from a wide variety of industries.
0: So it's a fantastic cross-section of sort of the, the business community. And is it is it countrywide, I assume?
2: It is, it is. I mean, we probably have more on the East Coast, but, you know, where there's splattering of manufacturers and professional services, I'm sure we have a lot, you know, on the West Coast and maybe mid-Colorado, you know, and then here on the East Coast. Um, so so we have a pretty good array of, of companies' sizes and all across the country. So come on then,
0: Kristen, tell me about your experience, obviously, with the Gage Report.
1: This is actually my first um, time experiencing the Gage Report. I was able to read through the 2020 Gage Report and was, you know, actually surprised how much it, it was helpful and interesting to me, being the CFO of a manufacturing company, because it kind of is a you know it's a government contracting industry report. But there were several things within the report, statistics and data that w- that I found useful and applicable to manufacturing and to feed specifically.
0: Gotcha, that makes sense. Christine, tell me about the key topics that are covered in the gauge report from, I guess, last year with the results being now. Tell me about some of the key topics.
2: Okay, yeah, what we do is we break the gauge down into five chapters. The first is government contracting compliance, and then it's accounting, utilization, growth, and efficiency. So there's five major chapters. And last year's theme was technology. And it was all about optimizing the technology that you have in your business to help you run your business more efficiently, and each year there's a theme, and so we kind of thread that theme throughout the report. So each year has has a theme, and then we ask pretty much similar questions every year, so that we can get comparisons um, year over year.
0: And Kristen, the the theme of technology was particularly important to you guys, wasn't it, in, in terms of cybersecurity?
1: Absolutely, Claire. You know, we all know that that a a sound IT environment is is critical to an organization, but increased technology adoption due to factors such as remote work um, have really created increased security concerns. And we really need to focus on proactively trying to mitigate the risks that are associated with that. In fact, just last week, the the governor of Connecticut signed legislation making the state the third to offer businesses a safe harbor on data security if they implement one of several sets of cybersecurity controls. So this cybersecurity standard act, it begins October 1st of this year and basically it says that companies operating in Connecticut won't receive any punitive damages from the state courts if they suffer a breach that exposes personal information if they have a written cybersecurity policy in place. That follows some um, set of, of framework, uh, one of the several sets of framework that are available out there as the guide. So, you know, I, reviewing the gauge report from 2020 and just the focus on technology and cybersecurity highlighted within the report and hearing this new legislation that just came out prompted me to kind of regroup with my IT, IT team and our outsource IT group on what our cyber policy is and really making sure that any risk mitigation that we already do is documented the right way.
0: And I guess, you know, with coronavirus has has turned the way we work upside down in the space of what, 16 months, 18 months. And that's a really big topic for this Gage Report for so many different businesses. Christine, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, so cybersecurity, of course, is top of mind uh, for companies And there's a couple standards that have been passed, and we asked about that in the Gage Report. One is from the National Institutes of Standards of Technology. And then a precursor from that standard became something called CMMC, which is a certification. And so if folks take a look at the Gage Report, you're gonna find that we explain what CMMC means. It's called the Cyber Maturity Model Certification. And it helps the CTOs and the CIOs kind of look at, well, what level of certification do I need and what level are people in the gauge report responding? And maybe I need to you know, take a look at it and pay attention to it. And I was glad to hear that that yeah, helped Kristen at Bede look at that as well. And that's really what we want to do with the gauge report is, is help companies to be more proactive within the, in the business and bring up things that maybe they need to know.
0: And how, you know, on a more personal level, I guess, uh, how have both of your respective companies coped with the the remote working and, and the having to get your employees essentially out of the workplace? Uh, have you brought everybody back? How did you initiate and manage the coronavirus pandemic and remote working?
1: Obviously, you know, last year it was a fire drill, right? <laughs> for for not just Bede, but for everybody. Um, <laughs> We, um, as a manufacturing company, luckily and thankfully, were able to remain open the entire time. But our, we did have all of our office employees working fully remote, and you know we were able to do that because we had um, streamlined and automated so many of our processes. And whichever ones were not, we did we we figured out a way to do it. <laughs> And you know, you know, in hindsight, that that's really made us a more efficient company. Um, now that we have brought employees back to the office at both Bede and Mobile, and but we're but it's really improved efficiency just in kind of the day-to-day processes that the, a lot of the office workers are doing. And you know, I think as far as remote work, another thing that I found interesting in the Gage report was that last year it was actually at the bottom of the list of one of of the challenges. For human resources. And, you know, in 2021, with manufacturers returning to the office, I, I see this as more of a challenge. Um, you know, the labor market and the retention issues that many companies are seeing, it's, it's so important to make sure we're offering benefits or perks that attract employees and make them want to stay and not look elsewhere for employment. Being flexible and continuing to allow remote work at some capacity, I think is attractive to many employees. So, you know, finding the balance of developing remote work policies that, you know, retain the talented employees, but also ensure that employees are meeting expected productivity levels poses the challenges for Bede and I'm sure many other companies this year.
0: Absolutely. And also it's an opportunity, I suppose, because you have got the ability to cherry pick if you are positive and, and supportive of remote working from the employment opportunities. You know, you can pick the best candidates from anywhere for your company. So it's kind of opened up a, a vein of opportunity as well, I would have thought, in the workforce. Christine, what about yourself? How did uh, remote working in the pandemic have an impact on your working environment and, and that of your, your clients?
2: It certainly did. And, and just like um, Kristen mentioned, remote work policies or it came up every once in a while before the pandemic. And now, you know, we talk about them every day and everywhere <laughs> in every part of our lives. And so a lot of companies are looking at those policies and, and how do I make it fair uh, for different groups within the company? And that's what we're really doing at, at ConResnick. We did all work at home. Um, we made it possible. Our IT systems were working, you know, and we got them all stable. Uh, and, our, you know, we were able to reach out to the clients. I mean, the um, the, the Zoom and the Teams and the video was definitely needed to, to keep contact with folks. And we were able to to make it through it and, and weather the storm. I mean, we were all scared, just like everybody was. And in the Gage Report, uh, instead of it being at the bottom of the human resources challenges, it moved up to about 14% of the people that answered said it was their number one or number two issue now in 2021. And even in the respondents in the manufacturing tax codes, they said it was almost 40% of their biggest challenge. So the the other area that I guess we should just tell listeners is from a tax point of view, you need to make sure you know where people are working and, and living. Because states want to tax you differently, so if people leave out of Connecticut and move somewhere else, um, your HR companies need to, your HR departments need to stay on top of that, so that you know, you know, are you opening your company up to maybe being taxed in a in a different state?
0: Yeah, good observation. So, what other things did the gauge report kind of uncover? What about things like healthcare?
1: Um, absolutely. I, you know, the the gauge report indicated that, you know, healthcare costs are, are the highest indirect costs other than labor. And, you know, that is no surprise to me or or I think to any of us, you know, fully insured rates for Connecticut for the upcoming year uh, renewal year are preliminarily expected to increase 11 to 15 percent. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, the key is not only how to mitigate those costs while still being able to offer a competitive benefits package to, to retain and attract employees. But I think it's also to you know investigate your options for the various types of insurance, health insurance plans out there. Eed was on a typical fully insured health insurance plan for many, many, many years. And every year we continued to receive rate increases despite being a, a pretty low risk company. And a few years back, uh, we switched to kind of a level funded plan, which at that point was kind of an innovative type um, health insurance plan. And it's basically a a self-funding plan. And under that plan, we've received either rate decreases or if there were increases, they've been far lower than that of the fully insured market with better coverage. So I guess, you know, my point of highlighting Bede's experience and the different plans that we've been on is, just make sure you're asking your broker about what solutions there are out there. What exists in Connecticut besides, you know, your typical fully insured plan that might be an option for your company.
0: I have to be (laughs) honest, you know, I've been doing these podcasts now for for quite some time and we've we've spoken to such a wide range of manufacturing businesses throughout Connecticut. Uh, When we talk about, you know, some of the obstacles that are in the way of these manufacturing companies, Healthcare is one, and the provision of healthcare for employees is one that often comes quite high up when we have these chats. So it's fascinating to hear your perspective. What about yourself, Christine? Anything to add to the healthcare debate, I guess?
2: I'll just add that that healthcare has always been the most significant indirect cost other than labor in the respondents from the gauge. And, and we didn't believe that we would ever see that change uh, because we know it's a significant cost for all companies. But I think what's important, just like what Kristen said, the gauge has brought to the forefront, you know, the readers need to be mindful of their healthcare costs, understand their plans and talk to your Connecticut broker. Uh, as Kristen and I were talking about it, it made her, you know, say, oh, you know, I need to really start thinking about this. My renewal isn't coming up for five or six months, but before I know it, you know, the end of the year, will be here. So I'm just really excited that that's helping Bede and and other companies in Connecticut that will read the gauge, you know, think about these costs sooner rather than later.
0: So Kristen, a question for you then. Talk to me about the FTE data in the gauge report.
1: Absolutely. The the FTE data in the gauge report was pretty intriguing to me. Specifically the disparity that that I saw in the number of FTEs in technology or IT between the lower revenue size companies and the higher revenue size companies. Um, The number of FTEs jumped from less than one to almost five to seven in the higher revenue size companies. So I know that the data and the chart in the 2020 gauge report is an average of several industries. So I think it would be interesting to see this data by industry um, to maybe shed some more light on on why such a disparity between the different uh, FTEs in different size revenues. Another thing that I think the FDE data brings up in conversation and a big topic nowadays is outsourcing and how it is becoming a competitive advantage for many companies. On one end, there's the potential for the reduction of labor and overhead costs and turning kind of fixed into variable costs by outsourcing. But with that comes the need to kind of ensure appropriate controls are in place for oversight of the outside work. I know at Bead we've been looking for um, a, a kind of an accounting position to be filled for quite some time and have been having difficulty given the labor market. Um, we considered an outside firm. And again, we have been having difficulty there as well, just kind of getting comfortable that these firms have the, the right controls in place, that they have the appropriate business insurance, that they have cybersecurity policies and coverage in place. Um, it's difficult. So I, I think the out, outsourcing is obviously a great competitive advantage, a different approach that companies can take versus a direct hire, and you know fixed costs, and that you know it's it's a great opportunity. But it, there's we have to be very careful because there's a lot of there's some risk added to it as well.
0: Mm. And Christine, the FTE averages are so important. Tell me a little bit about it from your perspective.
2: Yeah, Claire. So FTEs is full time equivalent of employee in a a specific area or department of your company. So whether it's in compliance, contracts, HR, recruiting, accounting, there's a full list that we ask the respondents how many FTEs did they have in each one of those categories based on their revenue size. So this is one of the most important statistics in the GAGE report. It's our go-to area in the report and i have companies that keep that part of the report like on their desk every day and and they you know fight and argue with hr and and the management about how many people they need to have uh, compared to what the gauge says so it's really sought after and Kristen, in the 2021 report your wish is our command because we're going to be including the fte information by the NAICS code by the the National uh, American Industry Codes to help companies look at it based on you know their industry, and, and I agree with you. Uh, really, be careful organizations that are listening. You know about whether or not you outsource different positions or different functions, because it's still the ultimately the responsibility of the company to make sure that work is being being done properly. But uh, but the FTE section of the Gage Report is a great section, and I hope you all can look at it. Speaking more
0: generally about the Gage Report, what has been the overall kind of theme or feel about reopening and life after COVID? Is there an air of positivity? Kristen,
1: first for you. Sure. I I think the respondents in the Gage Report for 2020 kind of characterized the, the current business environment as feeling kind of cautiously optimistic about it. As we head back to some level of normalcy here in Connecticut and in the United States in general, many manufacturers have seen sales back to, if not better than pre-pandemic levels, but now face different challenges. We've talked about several times in this podcast, the retaining and recruiting employees is really a huge issue and supply chain issues. Lead times are significantly pushed out, material cost increases. I've seen at BEAD across the board. So I am kind of curious what the 2021 survey results say, um, given, you know, the business environment revving up, but offset with some particularly significant challenges.
0: And what about yourself, Christine, more of an overview of the confidence, I guess, in moving forward into the next year? What did you glean from the report?
2: Yeah, so we, again, you know, we're asking these questions January through May of each year. So um, we hoped that, you know, we saw an improvement in optimism from the respondents. And it's definitely something we all need in 2021 after the pandemic. And as the world opens back up, companies are having to hire, retrain, get back to some sort of steady state. And so the optimism in the 2021 report increased somewhat closer to the pre-pandemic levels. So it was 68% said that they were cautiously optimistic or, or optimistic, um, but still that's not at the 84% that we saw in the Gage report before the, the pandemic. So we still have a, a little bit of work to do, but it, it wasn't surprising, Claire, you know, that, that we're not fully there yet. And
0: what do you think is really causing that? You know, one of the questions that I ask regularly on these podcasts, you know, is how the pandemic affected certain businesses. Now, some businesses have seen a great sort of boost to their business in many ways, you know, they've diversified a little bit or they found niche opportunities that have actually created new revenue streams. And others, more traditional businesses have struggled in some ways, particularly due to things like supply chain issues because of the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm just wondering, you know, is that something that's going to continue, do you think, even post-COVID? Uh, we've seen obviously the issue with chips, you know, microchips being such a problem. I'm just curious as to what you guys think about the the future, I guess, of our, our reopening. And has business changed forever, or are we going to get back to that 84% positivity look into the future?
2: Well, we, we certainly hope that, you know, that optimism climbs. I think this was just such a game changer, unprecedented, like we've all heard that word say so many times, but companies are kind of having to reinvent themselves and change what they did, change how you know they react and work with their customers. There's maybe more compliance where, in areas where you didn't expect it and less compliance in others. The government is fueling so much of the recovery and we really need to get people back to work. There's a lot of aid to folks, and so a lot of people still working at home, and we need to to get people back into the groove and to get back out, uh, you know, into their communities and into their companies. But so many companies did do well in 2020. Surprisingly, PPP loans were very helpful to keep people, and a lot of other CARES Act relief kept a lot of companies going. So I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of optimism overall I I think it's just you know trying to figure out and maneuver through and back to the steady state that probably is keeping that optimism just just a little bit lower and maybe we're looking at a 6 to 12 months of getting it back up uh to where it was before
0: yeah I think that's a fair assessment what about yourself Kristen
1: yeah I mean I kind of want to echo everything Christine said I mean the the pandemic made us kind of reinvent, rethink traditional ways of doing things in every aspect of the business. Um, it forced us to kind of think outside the box. And I think if you handled it the right way, or you ha- you made changes that kind of set the path for your company to grow in the future that maybe you wouldn't have done before, or maybe you wouldn't have done so quickly, just speaking from experience with what we had to do at BEAT as far as, as just streamlining, streamlining processes and, and things of that nature you know i can't predict when we're going to be back to to the levels that we were at pre-pandemic but i think that as we slowly just continue to get back to normal this new norm the optimism will will continue to kind of increase is is how i feel and you know we do have to deal with these new challenges you know the supply chain and lead times and material it's 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 real and it's and it's affecting almost everybody that i talk to but it's it's another set of challenges that we'll work through and figure out can't be worse than last year right <laughs> surely not surely not
0: it can't possibly i'm in the process of trying to buy a used car at the moment mm-hmm. and uh, uh it's one of the most difficult times to purchase yeah. a car or a property or anything like that yeah. it's uh, it's a, certainly a crazy time but hopefully we'll we'll get a bit more stability as time goes on absolutely now I would be I would be amiss if I didn't say a huge thank you to Cohen Resnick. Obviously, they are our sponsors of this podcast. We need to show them lots of love. But joking aside, we are extremely grateful for your support. Uh, With our Meet the Manufacturers podcast, I know we have a huge number of listeners and subscribers to this podcast. So I just want to say, Christine, on behalf of uh, all of our listeners, thank you so much for uh, for supporting us the way you have for the last year or so. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Now, mostly it's an unashamed plug situation. Now, so (laughs) plug away. How can they find out more about Cone Resnick, and how can they also read the Gauge Report?
2: So please uh, visit our website. We have lots of interesting information that we, we keep up to date on a daily basis. have lots of webinars, lots of articles that we post, and we're, we're trying to stay on top of all the industries manufacturing there in Connecticut, all up and down the East Coast, all across the country. And so we just love being a sponsor of Manufacture CT. And uh, we, we really appreciate it. If you take a look at the, the Gage Report, we do that for you. I mean, this Gage Report is really just something that we're, we're, just, we're putting out to share insights um, with companies. So go to our website and uh, type in Gage, and uh, the last four years will come up. And the fifth Gage Report, the 2021, fingers crossed, is going to come out somewhere around mid-August.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Do check out that website, coneresnick.com. Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. I'm kind of excited about the Gage Report for next year. I'm fascinated to see how opinions and things have changed in the course of this certainly crazy time we've had for, for doing business in the last year or so. So thank you so much for your time today. Let's do a recap next year and find out the results of the next one. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organization, visit the website, ManufactureCT.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick. Advisory, assurance, tax. Visit their website, coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify.